welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number nine. This is your host, Suman Silwong. For people who are beginner runners to uh, not be intimidated by it and look at running as a chance to explore who you are. Visit emruns.com for discount codes, photos, and more. I'd like to welcome Dr. Jason Karp uh, here at the Emruns podcast today. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Can you talk about your running journey to us? Um, how, how did you start it and what do you do for runnings? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it all started when I was uh, a kid in sixth grade. I started running track for my middle school team. And my love of the sport started from there. I started out as a sprinter, ran the 100 meters and 400 meters. And, and I've always been fascinated with speed. It's been a question on my mind for a long time, uh, how to make somebody faster. And then my interest grew from there and developed into endurance training. And that's why I spent a long time in college to uh, try to figure out this puzzle of endurance training and, and what limits performance. And so I've been uh, very lucky to be able to make a career out of something that I started with uh, from a very early age. That's always a great to make a career out of things you love and probably make your job easy. Oh, yeah. I don't even feel like I work. I just pursue my own ambition every day. You have done a PhD. And, uh, can you describe what, what is your PhD about and the background on that? Uh, yeah, my PhD is in exercise physiology with a uh, specific emphasis on endurance physiology. And so... Uh, for all of my, all three of my degrees are in the same field. And so I was very careful about the schools I went to because I wanted to study specific things. So I looked for the people who were studying those things and then chose those schools. So uh, for my dissertation, I actually looked at the coordination of breathing and stride rate in distance runners. And I was interested in this concept of, it's called entrainment, that the breathing the movement of the legs, the, the rhythm of the, the stride entrains the rhythm of breathing. And so it's very interesting what runners do when uh, they run a lot, they tend to coordinate the two rhythms, that the breathing rhythm becomes entrained to the stride rhythm without even consciously thinking about doing it. So since then, you wrote several books on runnings? I've written uh, five books on running, and I have two more on the way. And my latest book uh, takes a very different perspective of running. It's called The Inner Runner. It's more about the philosophical, emotional aspect of running rather than how to become a better runner. And so I wanted to explore you know, how running makes us better people, how it makes us more creative, more imaginative, more productive, more confident. All those things that happen on the inside of us that we don't necessarily always talk about. You know, everybody always talks about how fast they ran a marathon or you know, or their specific workouts. But there's this whole other side of running that I wanted to explore that I've been interested in ever since I was a kid. So I'm very proud of this book. I think it's my best book yet. Whenever um, you, you, you do your study on running and runners, uh, what, ki- what type of runners are running you looking at? Are you looking at a road, trail? Uh, all different kinds. I mean, I've coached everyone from a high school age to people in their 50s and 60s and some have been quite good and some are more recreational that they just started running and they want to run you know half marathon or marathon so the people that i have worked with have have been a wide range of of distances and a wide range of abilities to become a better runner um in your perspective what is what what does it take 
It's a good question. It takes a lot of things. The first is commitment. And I talk about that in, in this latest book, that uh, committing to be a better runner is not just about becoming a better runner. It's also about what you learn about yourself through making that commitment. And that's a lesson that you can you can uh, use in uh, all other areas of your life, not just running. So the first step in becoming a better runner and becoming a better person is making the commitment to the work, to the physical work. You know, we talk a lot in, in this country about the, the mental side of running, the mental side of sports in general. And, and what I have found is that really it's all physical. There's really not much mental. If you do the physical work, everything else takes care of itself. You know, the hardest part about running 10 miles is getting out the front door. Once you're out there and you're running, it's easy to just continue to, to run another mile here, another mile there. But people seem to have trouble with getting out the front door. So the first step is just making that commitment to yourself to do the physical work. But even for the people who are already committed to, to keep on going, and sometimes, you know, running becomes kind of mundane and, and we keep on running and running and not finding the goal. So how do you how do you motivate those kind of people who uh, do you talk about that in your book and to motivate those kind of people so so we become a lifelong runners? I, there's a, a few things that you can do. One is to run in different places. Don't always run in the same place. You know, I'm lucky that living in San Diego, there's a lot of beautiful places to run. But anywhere that a person lives, there's always going to be variety. So find different places to run. Don't always run the same route. Another strategy is to keep your goal in mind. Never forget the goal that you have. Always keep that in the forefront of your mind, and that serves as a motivating factor. Another thing that you can do is run with other people. I talk about the difference between running by yourself and what that affords you, and then social runs, running with other people, and what that affords you. And so one way to keep things interesting and to keep motivated is to run with other people who have similar goals and feed off of their energy and let them motivate you and share your own stories about running, your own stories about the, the journey that you take to meet your goals. So to find the inner run on you, so what, what people will have to do? Well, there's many paths to finding the inner runner, but uh, one of them is to run a lot. The more you run, the more varied the places you run, the more varied terrain that you run on, whether it be a park or the road or you know, in the middle of nowhere on a trail somewhere, all of those things give you different things and, you know, and feed your soul inside of you that, that helps you explore who you are and what you want to become. And the different types of workouts, you know, there's differences between going long and slow and then going to a track and going short and fast. And the things you learn about dealing with discomfort, those are the ways that you find your inner runner, you find your inner self, you find out how much you're willing to endure. You find out how good you are at dealing with discomfort and learning how to deal with it in a better way. And those are all lessons that you can take to other areas of your life. Definitely. Running has really helped me a lot to look at different perspectives, including family, you know, and traveling and a lot of different perspectives, not just running. Yeah, it's the, the best way to express ourselves physically because the one thing that binds all of us together, no matter how different we are, is that we all live a physical life. We are our bodies. There's no way around that. Every single thing that we do every day is physical. We live through this 
physical being that that we were given and running is the best expression of that physicality because it is so freeing it is so uniquely human uniquely animalistic and so it really brings us back to who we are as animals talking about your other books uh, i saw you you wrote a book on running a marathon for dummies what do you talk about in those books uh, yeah, the other books I've written on running are all about how to become a better runner. So like they're running a marathon for dummies as part of the, the for dummies brand of books. I was very happy to be given that opportunity to write a dummies book. I was, it's an honor to be able to do that. And so, uh, if people are familiar with the dummies books, they they cover a lot of breadth. I mean, they're all the same number of pages long. And, and, uh, so that book talks about everything a person needs to know to run a, a successful marathon, whether it's their first marathon or their fastest marathon. I go through all the, the steps of training. There are sample training programs in the book that people could follow and uh, talk about everything related to the marathon, everything from lactate threshold workouts to uh, marathon nutrition and everything in between. So it's just a very comprehensive book on, on the marathon. And then uh, one of my other books is Running for Women, and that uh, is a, a book specifically for women looking at their unique physiology and the unique things that women have to deal with that men never have to deal with, like the menstrual cycle and, and menopause and pregnancy. So uh, that book is a very comprehensive book on specific, specifically on women runners, talking about how women can, can uh, capitalize on their unique physiology to train smarter, to train better. I have seen a lot of women or females in the many races ultra ultra distance i think they're slowly picking up not as much as most female participant and those and marathons in this we have we have a lot i think some of the fields they have more female participant than the male so yeah the half marathon in particular the half marathon has become very popular among female runners there are a lot of women's only half marathons around the u.s now we're in the middle of a, a women's running boom right now so it's pretty exciting to see all these women running, you know, it used to just be men who ran long distances and women tend to get better the longer the race. So, you know, you mentioned the ultra marathon and the performance difference between men and women shrinks a lot when you get to the ultra marathon. It's only about a 5% difference, whereas for all the other races, there's about a 10% difference between men and women. So it's exciting to see women gravitate to the longer races because that's really where they have a chance to excel. Women are very good at endurance activities. So what is the other book you talked about? You have a, no, two books. Um, the second book you talked about, what, what are you coming out on those? Uh, you have two more books coming out. One is on running for weight loss. That comes out in March of 2017. So it's all about strategies of of running and how to lose weight because you know, obviously we have a, a weight loss epidemic in the United States and there, despite all the books that are out there, none of them seem to really have any measurable impact. The country is still overweight and running is the best way from a physical activity standpoint. It's the best way to lose weight because it burns more calories than anything else. So I wanted to write a book on how to lose weight through running. And a lot of people already do that. They recognize that running is such a great way to lose weight. And so when people want to lose weight, the one activity that they turn to is running. So that's the, the next book. I'm pretty excited about that one coming out in March. And then I'll have uh, another book that I'm about to start writing that uh, is all on 14-minute workouts. So uh, very quick, short workouts to get people results because the main reason why people say they don't exercise is because of lack of time. 
So I wanted to uh, take that excuse away from people and show them how they can still integrate exercise into their lives in a very short amount of time. But in order to do that, the workouts have to be focused. They can't be a, you know, a stroll in the park. That's not going to have any impact. It has to be a very focused, very specific workout if you're going to condense it into a short amount of time. Sounds very interesting topics to me too as well. I lost a lot of weight when I started running. Then I gain it back. Yeah, and that's the, the biggest problem that people have. That's the one thing that these other weight loss books never talk about. They always talk about how to lose weight rapidly, but they don't discuss how to keep it off for the rest of your life. And that really is the more important issue. Anybody can lose weight, but very few people are able to maintain that lost weight because your body is always trying to achieve the weight that you had prior. So that's where running comes in and, and integrating running into your lifestyle so that you can keep the weight off forever. So do you talk also about the nutrition as well, or is it part yeah, of there's a, there's a whole chapter on nutrition with an entire menu of choices for, just like you go to a restaurant, you have different options for all the different meals. I set mine up the same way. So there's a pretty extensive menu in the book where people can pick and choose what meal they want so they can make you know, hundreds of combinations of breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks every day so that no two days are the same. Definitely, I need to check that book when, once it comes out. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, we'll, we'll have to read it and review it. Uh, let's change a little topic here. What would you tell um, a couch potato who wants to get out and be physically active? Well, the first thing is just, you know, it's, people ask me this question all the time, so it, it's actually much easier than uh, people make it to be. The answer is you open up your front door and you go outside and you start walking. And then, you know, if you're very out of shape and you can't run for more than 60 seconds, then run for 60 seconds and then walk for five minutes and then run for 60 seconds and walk for five minutes. And you do that for a half an hour. And, and then over time, as your body adapts, you'll notice that you can run for longer and then you can walk for, for less. So within a couple of months, you, you might be able to run for half an hour without any walking breaks. So it really is easy to just go outside the door and just start mixing running and walking. Like I said before, the hardest part is getting out the front door. And to do that, a person has to ask themselves, well, how badly do they want this? How badly do they want to make the change in their life? And when they get to the point where they decide that it's time to make a change, then it really is just as easy as putting on a pair of shoes and walking out your front door. Just having a commitment and st sticking with it, I think that's that's what one of the things you, you say, kept on saying, and I truly agree. I'll celebrate my 10 years of running next year. Oh, very good. Congratulations. I, um, I, I started late in my life, but but I continued on. Uh, and and I, I did try to run early in, early in my life like a young, young, young man, but never could stick with it, but... But last time when I started, I just stayed with it. So I'll be running. Uh, my goal is next year probably get a 100 marathon, ultra marathon. So this round is called Sprint Round. I'll ask you some questions. You can go long or short. Uh, maybe ask you some of the some of the running questions for your personal running question as well. So what kind of shoes do you wear? Well, I mix a few, a few different kinds. I alternate shoes. I've always uh, worn cushioning neutral shoes. And uh, so right now I'm wearing a... The Saucony Cohesion and the Hoka 1-1 Clifton. I really like the, the Hoka shoes. They're very cushiony. But I, I never 
give recommendations to people about shoes because everybody's going to need something different. What feels great for me may be horrible for somebody else. So just because I wear them doesn't mean somebody else should wear them. You have to find what's best for you. But I've always worn cushioning neutral shoes. Do you use any GPS device to run? No, I'm actually a minimalist when it comes to a technology. I just wear a regular running watch that just gives me the elapsed time and you know, the stopwatch feature. And so, uh, yeah, I've never really worn. I've tried them from time to time wearing the GPSs, but but uh, I don't really like all that technology when I'm running. I just want to go out and run. And when I'm doing specific workouts, usually they're on a track where you know I already know the measured distance and I know the time, and so I can uh, monitor my workouts on the track. But just to go out and run, I just I'm not really a big fan of the the GPSs, especially since uh, if they're not going to be dead on accurate, then I don't want the information. You know, I only want to know what pace I'm running if it's going to tell me the accurate pace. And the ones I've worn sometimes, you know, the pace bounces around a lot, and you know, and if the pace bounces around a lot, even though my pace is staying the same, and then, then what good is it? So unless I can get something that is dead on accurate every time I look at the watch, then I'd rather not wear it at all. Yeah, I went um, I went minimals like you for a while. Then I I had to have a GPS. What is the furthest distance have you run or raced any organized event? Uh, I've done two marathons separated by twelve years, but I've always been more of a middle distance runner. I like the short races. I like racing a mile on the track. But I have run a couple of marathons. Uh, any training plan you use for yourself? Uh, yeah, I pretty much write my own. I mean, I, depending on the, the race that I'm training for, you know, I'll uh, plan things out based on, uh, you know, what I need to focus on. Like for the marathon, I increased my mileage and did more of the, the uh, tempo training, the tempo runs, lactate threshold workouts. Whereas, you know, training for the mile, it's a completely different kind of training. It's more anaerobic. It's a lot of speed work on the track. And so... Uh, I like what both kinds of training gives me, but I've always been better suited for the the shorter, faster type of training. What's the benefit on the speed training for you? Well, for me, I mean, you know, because I want to race the mile, the mile is just as much anaerobic or very close to being just as much anaerobic as it is aerobic. So one thing that people don't know is that to train for the mile is actually more complex than to train for a marathon. Because the marathon is almost purely aerobic. The anaerobic contribution to a marathon is negligible. And so you really just need to focus on improving yourself aerobically, improving the the uh, the speed that you can hold, the pace that you can hold, that's still aerobic. Whereas for the mile, you have to do a lot of short, fast training to improve your anaerobic physiology because the mile is a pretty quick race. Even right from the start, it's pretty quick. And so I can, it's very fatiguing very early on, whereas a marathon doesn't start to get fatiguing until very late into the race because it is all aerobic. Uh, what kind of nutrition plan are you in? Do you eat anything or do you have strict diet plans? Do you well, I mean, I've always eaten pretty much everything I want ever since I was a kid. I mean, I don't eat a lot of junk. I've cut out a lot of the, the junk food over the years, but but I don't adhere to any specific plan my plan has always been high in carbohydrate, but not because I plan it that way. It's just always what I've eaten. You know, when you run a lot, you do need a lot of carbohydrates because uh, glucose is the muscle's preferred fuel. So I've never stuck to any specific nutrition plan. I've just 
eating everything I want. And uh, that's one thing I talk about in, in the next book is that you know, people get too obsessed with food in America. And only in America is the philosophy to eat first and then work. And it really should be the opposite way. We should look at our nutrition as our fuel. You do the physical work and then you eat to refuel the tank, just like with your car. Nobody thinks when they fill up their tank that I have to go drive a lot tomorrow to use up all the fuel that I just put in the car. You know, but that's the way people tend to think with their bodies. You know, they eat a lot and they say, oh, I got to go run this off or I got to go to the gym tomorrow. And we really should be thinking the opposite way that we do the physical work. And then the food that we eat is our fuel to be able to do more physical work tomorrow. Before we close out our interview, uh, I want you to talk about your, your current book and uh, also how people can reach out to you and final word of advice as well. Sure. Uh, well, about the book, I mean, it's, you know, again, I'm very proud of this. I think it's, it speaks to something that is, uh, makes us uniquely human, our ability to look inward. I mean, lots of animals run, but they don't look at themselves as runners. And humans are very unique in that regard that not only do we run, we can look at ourselves as runners and we can imagine ourselves as better runners, as better people. And that's really what the book explores, how to tap into that inner runner and become more creative, more imaginative, more successful, more productive people. And so uh, I'm very proud of this book. It's available on Amazon. You, know, you can get an autographed copy to my website at runfit.com. It's run, R-U-N hyphen F-I-T dot com. And uh, I hope everyone goes out and enjoys the book as much as I enjoyed writing it. And uh, my last piece of advice, I would say, for, for people who are beginner runners to uh, not be intimidated by it and look at running as a chance to explore who you are and what you want to become. And that's probably the, the best lesson that we can get out of running. And it gives us a very acute sense of our fitness level, of our ability to deal with discomfort and gives us a chance to become better tomorrow than we are today. Thanks for your time. Thanks for talking to Emrons. We'll catch you when you publish your next book. Well, thank you very much. <laughs>